When you watch a UFC fight, you notice that the fighters have their walkouts, and then there's this gap of time before they actually start fighting when they're in the octagon. In that gap of time, it's important to gain the audience's attention and get the excitement at an all-time high. Bruce Buffer is one of the best announcers that has a skill set that's unmatched. He's able to gather the attention of the audience in the arena, as well as those watching from all around the world from their homes. He has a unique story, and today he joins us on the Game Time Guru, and we get to learn more about Bruce and how he got to the UFC to the level that he's at right now. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Shane Larson. And as you guys heard in the introduction, we are joined by the voice of the octagon, the man, the myth, the legend. His name is Bruce Buffer. So, Bruce, we are honored and blessed to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Shane. Pleasure to be on the show during these crazy times. Hope you're being safe and sane. Likewise, man. Likewise. And yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy out there. Um, but I am really, really appreciative to have you here with us and just kind of share your story quickly with us on our show. And, you know, Bruce, I've been a fan of your work. I've been following it for over a decade. And it's uh, the, the work that you do is phenomenal. The fact that you can just grab an audience's attention, whether they're in an, a physical arena or they're all around the world watching it on TV is just unbelievable but I'd love to get to know you a little bit more as far as your story and I've watched multiple interviews of yours I've read multiple interviews of yours I, I listened to your podcast I listened to like a lot of your work you got introduced into fighting when you were a young kid from your father is that correct yes uh, basically my dad was a, a veteran of World War II in Korea and served in the U.S. Navy early and went on to become a Marine for 13 years drill instructor Camp Pendleton um, very tough man, taught hand-to-hand combat, and an old breed individual. He's kind of like John Wayne, and if you know these characters, Steve McQueen and Errol Flynn rolled up into one. Um, ESPN just did a big article on me in their in their magazine and online site, and I stated the fact that you know he would walk into a room, great charisma, but everybody wanted to meet him or fight him or get to know him. He just had one of these really old breed characters, and he taught me before I went to school, even at the age of like six, to you know how to protect myself because he said I was going to get picked on and. I was just going to a tough school in Philadelphia, and he said, if anybody grabbed me behind to pick up my foot and stomp him right on their instep, which he showed me, and lo and behold, within a week, I was braced up at school, stomped the kid's foot. He started to cry. I remember we were young. And at that point, I told myself, I'm going to listen to everything my father tells me. And my father knew the dark side of the world, and he trained and taught me for it. And um, thank God he did, because I've had a lot of situations in my life that it all came in handy. So it's something we have to be aware of, man. There's a dark side of life as well as well as the beautiful great side of life. Man, I love that, Bruce. I love the fact that, you know, you, you listen to your dad. Your dad was teaching you at a young age just to, you know, embrace that side of life as well. It's just the reality of it. You can't stay completely blind and ignorant to that fact. And I love the fact that you did that. Now, you know, going on in your career, you know, as I've as I've studied your work, you're actually an entrepreneur. Like you are very much so an entrepreneur. You started doing business in your younger days and in the high school days selling jewelry. Can you kind of expand upon that a little bit, how you got into the entrepreneurial game as well? Well, again, we got to get back to my father and also my mother. Uh, My dad never graduated high school and he ran up running uh, as vice president of sales, some of the top Fortune 500 companies in the United States. 
at one point he was a writer all when he was younger, short story accomplished and um, had written screenplays and all that. And he decided to quit with the money he had in the bank and be, pursue his field of writing. And he had his first book published in a year, which was a big hit, uh, critically acclaimed and went on to do it. But there were also times during the career where, you know, you, you don't always have income as a writer and, and he knew how to create other things. So we would travel as a family exhibiting our collectibles at collectible antique uh, arm shows and collectible shows. And he wound up building a business and I was running these display tables and selling and pitching and actually selling guns when I was 16, collectible, you know, antique weapons um, at these big shows, which are huge value and very expensive. And we we survived by doing that along with the income he would make. And he just taught me. We we went broke as a family two or three times and, and wound up getting back up. I did come from a Silver Spoon family, you know, rich family. We were middle class, but he always took great care of us. And he instilled the whole entrepreneurship in me to the point where I was at one of these shows and I noticed a jewelry maker making jewelry and I'm very artistic minded. And I thought it was so cool. And I realized I could buy these supplies for five bucks. I could make a necklace I could sell for $25 at school. And this is back in 1975, 74. And that, you know, think about then $25 back then is like probably a hundred dollars more now or more. And I started making and netting like $800 a month for myself back then. And it was my first real business. And from then on, I went into the world of telemarketing, my first corporation when I was 19. And I never looked back. I didn't go back to college. I uh, graduated high school. And every and I told myself I would do this for two years and try to make it in the streets or I'd go back to college. And you don't need to go to college unless you're going to be a doctor, an attorney, you know, all that in my opinion. Although college is fantastic and very important. But you can still, if you have an entrepreneurial mind, you get out there in the streets and do things legally and properly. It's all about how you are. And I just became an animal at it, and I never uh, looked back. And I've always made good money, and I've owned and run many, many, many companies until I became the announcer in the world I'm in now, which is in my late 30s when I found the true passion for what my calling was. Oh, I love that. It's super inspiring to hear from someone like yourself. I mean, you, you did it the right way, and I, and I commend you for that. Now, you mentioned, you know, obviously the reason we have you on the show is you are – the exclusive announcer for the UFC. And it's one of my favorite things like an announcer, Bruce has so much like to do with the actual event itself. I mean, you can make or break an event. And I honestly believe that. I mean, obviously the, the action for you guys is in the octagon, but the announcer is what kind of bridges that gap from the walkouts until the action starts and there's anticipation and there's some excitement that dies down and like people kind of are sitting there. But when I'm sitting at home, and I'm, I'm watching this from Idaho, and you have a big fight coming on, and I hear Bruce Buffer come into the octagon, and he starts talking. When I hear your voice going, my, I drop the, the, the hot wings, I put the pizza down, and my eyes are glued to the television. That's just the reality of it, and you have this skill set that's unique. But, you know, you mentioned you got into that realm of work in your 30s. What was the first fight you did for the UFC, or for the first fight you announced in the, in the UFC, and how did you actually get into that? Well, the first fight was uh, UFC 8 in Bayamon, Puerto Rico, over 24 years ago on February 16th, 1996. And uh, at the time, before I had my brother, Michael Buffer, the legendary uh, Let's Get Ready to Rumble uh, announcer. And I, you know, I'm his manager and I'm his brother. And I got him to do three of the UFCs and I had to pull him because he had a huge contract and, and very busy with the WCW wrestling back then, which was the biggest thing happening. Um, and I don't think he could have continued as the UFC grew. So I worked my way into it by 
they didn't they didn't put me in the octagon at first. I asked for the job right away because you always have to ask for the job. It's very important you do that when you want something. Don't let it happen. Ask for it. That's one of the big entrepreneurial messages I want to send out there. Let them know you want the job. And I did, but it fell on deaf ears, and I got a, a videotape from a monster named Scott the Pitbull Ferrazzo out of Minnesota, about 6'1", 340-pound gorilla with arms down to his ankles, right? And I sent his tape in, and at that time, that was the kind of fighter that was getting into UFC, like a Tank Abbott style, who he wound up fighting eventually later on. And they hired him for a UFC 8, and you get to go down as a manager. So I played this ploy. I planned this. I didn't want to be a manager. I wanted to get my butt in the octagon and announce. So I went down there, and I told the owner, I'm coming down with my fighter. I put a tuxedo in my bag. I want to announce the prelims. Let me show you what I got. You need a buffer in the octagon. You need my media contacts to help build this organization because I need to grow with you as the announcer, and I will help you build this brand. That's what I do. I'm a brand builder. So I did I did my part, um, but they let me announce, and I thought I did an okay job. I look back on it now, and I covered my ears because we all have to grow <laughs> what we do. But uh, they didn't call me back. And then they called me back about six months later to do UFC 10 the entire show, which I did. Thought I did a good job. Asked for the job. They didn't hire me. They hired somebody else. Then they came after me and said, listen, we're doing a TV show called Friends on NBC, which is the biggest show happening. It was in its second season. Uh, internationally, huge hit. And they said that the Warner Brothers wants the real announcer, and they'd like to send somebody down to get videotape and audio of me which they did, and then boom, they called me that a day, and they said be on the set at 6 in the morning, rehearse all day with the entire cast and crew, and then film on Wednesday. So I accepted the job, and then I, and they said, you're going to co-star as yourself. You know, it wasn't like an, an actor. I was co-starring as myself. My name, Bruce Buffer, was on the thing, Bruce Buffer playing Bruce Buffer, right? So I met the owner of UFC on the, on the set the next day at lunch, and I said, look, I've been after this job for a year and a half. I feel like a girl waiting to be asked to the prom, and it's not happening. I'm going to ask you one more time, and then I'm never going to ask again. You need me to do this. You need me to build with you. You need me to help you build this brand. People aren't listening to you. They look at you as a spectacle, and that's not the case. This could be the greatest thing in the world, as you know. Best poker hand I ever played, bro. And then I got the job, <laughs> and I announced every single event for the next 16, 18, 19 years, you know, even busting my ass, getting a, an event in Atlantic City, hopping on a private jet with Dana White to get to uh, – Bella Horizonte, Brazil, 16 hours later, get into a new tux and be in the octagon for the second show within a 24-hour period in two hemispheres, which is like almost famous rock star time. You know, in these kind of moments, I don't forget, they help build you into a better person. So it's been an amazing ride. Absolutely, sir. I love the fact that you have, you know, that grind, that determination. Uh, it's it's apparent that you've had that entrepreneurial mindset your entire life, just the, the grind and the hustle. And, you know, your, your infamous phrase, it's time. You've, you said before that you're not a phrase guy. Yeah, you weren't like a phrase-driven individual, but it's time. We know when, you, when Bruce Buffer gets in the octagon, he says, it's time. Like, that's what I was talking about. It, it draws the audience. Do you have uh, any insight as to where that came from? Yes. I'm not phrase-driven because my brother, again, the great Michael Buffer, everybody tried to be as an announcer to copy him. I'm constantly uh, – managing, the, being the sheriff behind the man behind the rumble, protecting the trademark from people stealing it as well as stealing my time. So I didn't feel that I had to be phrase-driven. I did not want to be Frank Sinatra Jr. and be look at it as that, oh, he just wants to be like his brother. No. I saw two or three years and said, if I don't create my own style and be recognized for being who I am, then I'm going to quit. I don't want to be an announcer who's just like that guy, right? 
So I didn't have it's time, but every day I wake up and every day I shave my face, I would always say, you know, it's time, meaning I want to have the best day possible. And I used to open the show and say, it's time to begin the ultimate fighting championship. But Dana White asked me to shorten up my stuff a little bit. But then I thought at the main event, you know, we're sitting here for five, six hours. They're about to fight the main event. They've been training for six to eight weeks. They're about to put their blood, sweat, and tears on the line. It's time. And it just grew. And it's not what I say. It's how I say it. Right? And I probably say less. People, kids, say I want now This is stuff that I'm told to say, but if you look at other announcers, I'm the shortest announcer, I would venture to guess, than any announcer out there, but I give it the punch I give it to make it mean more, and that's the trick, one of the tricks of my trade, and it worked, and uh, then it's time to go up organically till I was in the arena in Sao Paulo, Brazil, when we went back to Brazil, and about 17,000-plus Portuguese-speaking fans are yelling it back with me, Right? That was the moment I knew it was reaching a relevant factor. And then that continued to happen everywhere I went all around the world, people yelling it at me and to where it's at now. And it's, it's, it's really cool. It's very humbling to realize how it took off. I love that. I love that, Bruce. And you mentioned the Portuguese-speaking fans in Brazil. I lived in Brazil for two years. I know exactly how they are uh, for their sports with the UFC as well as for you know soccer. They're just a they're a passionate fan base, and they respect the work. And it's crazy that you just mentioned that because yeah, they 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 love you just like we all love you. It's awesome, Bruce. I just wanted to ask you. You know, I mean, you've you've mentioned before that it's hard for you to pick a favorite of anything, right? Favorite place to to go, favorite fighter, a favorite anything is. I just have a couple that I would like you to just kind of group, you know, you, your favorite fighters that you have, like, is there a group of like three to five that you really, really just respect for some f- reason? And then maybe your favorite places to actually announce fights. You mentioned Brazil was a cool place, but is there like a, th- a group of three or four of each of those gr- fighters and places to announce? Well, yeah, you're right. It's very hard to pick the one particular because I've announced every fighter that's ever fought pretty much in any MMA organization, except for those that maybe come up in the last five years and others. And a pleasure of meeting them all. But, you know, you sit across from Randy Couture and, and you're saying, you know, the former, the former, the Hall of Fame Octagon Warrior. I even bowed to him one time when I thought it was his last fight. There's so much meat in that great warrior and role model, Randy Couture, who's one of the greatest ever to enter the Octagon. Or Chuck Liddell, you know, when he's just frothing at the mouth like a horse waiting to take off for the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, and I'm in his face because most announcers stand center. I, I move and sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. It just happens. Um, but I can look, and then the fighters now, they'll walk up to me and stick their faces in mine because they want that first. Or I'll get up to them, and they respect me so much, they let me in their space when they could easily just pop me to get me out of that space. Um, it's a mutual respect. And, you know, I think of guys like George St. Pierre, who I actually severed my ACL announcing one night uh, with all the excitement that I brought in and the way that blew up. And, you know, Rampage Jackson from the old days, and, of course, Tito Ortiz and, you know, these young bucks coming up, I mean, there's so many cool guys. Michael Chiesa and I, we have great um, chemistry, you know, when we announce. And and the female fighters who just blow me away with, with their passion and the way they fight. I just can't say enough, you know. It's it's almost not fair to say one particular because they're all so great. And then um, the city-wise, yeah, you can't knock Brazil. You can't beat Canada, the rabbit fans of Canada. Ireland, the U.K., anyone in the U.K., you can put a gelatinous amoeba in the middle of the octagon waving and, and, as an announcer, and they're going to go nuts. But, you know, I'll take them 10 times higher level when I'm there. It's such a pleasure. Every city <clears throat> pretty much has its own flavor, you know. 
and many do stand out. But when we only go someplace, very rarely, be it the UK, Canada, a couple times a year, or Brazil, a couple times a year, they are biting at the bit for their UFC action. And they're there filling up arenas from the moment the prelims happening, where here in Vegas and stuff, sometimes they don't start filling up till you know, six fights in. So it just depends. Super awesome. And uh, last thing I got for you, Bruce, I would just love to kind of get your insight, your expertise. You're an entrepreneur. Right now we're in a, in a weird state globally where a lot of things are on lockdown. The UFC, I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about Dana White's trying to do with the organization, trying to get fights scheduled out for the future and kind of, you know, potentially fight island. There's all these, you know, rumors going out there. I'm just curious, what are you doing right now? Your entrepreneurial mindset, what are you doing to, to continue to work on your craft and to continue to build your brand specifically for Bruce Buffer? and something that maybe we could all take in as, uh, as we're all sitting here kind of staying at home and, and slowing down, if you will? Well, I'm actually very busy because I'm involved in a number of different <clears throat> businesses surrounding my brand and my brother's Let's Get Ready to Rumble brand. So we're, we're, we're busy on those. I mean, right now I'm uh, voicing or <clears throat> going to be voicing over a new video game, which I can't mention what it is yet. It's going to be one of the biggest games around. It's a racing style game. Um, I'm working on my bourbon, which I'm going to be releasing. You know, you've heard of Connor's Proper 12 or George Clooney's Casamigos. We'll get ready for the best tasting bourbon you've ever tasted in your life. And I, re I released it in the uh, article that ESPN wrote about me. And the title of the bourbon, the name of the bourbon is called Puncher's Chance. And it's all about being the underdog to be the best you can be. And we've secured uh, 50 to 100,000 barrels of the finest. Kentucky bourbon you'll ever drink. I'm talking the finest. This is not the casual low price whiskey like, you know, like Proper 12, you know, that came out. It's a good whiskey for the price. This is this is one of the top things you'll ever drink. I can't wait. If you're if you enjoy a fine shot of bourbon or taste of bourbon, um, sipping rather. And that'll be coming out around August. And I'm very excited about that. I'm also working on a line of toiletries, the It's Time toiletry line, my own cologne, facial deodorant, you know, men's care, because I'm very big on skin care. You know, it's, as a man, you want to take care of yourself. It's, the women take care of themselves for us. Your girlfriends take care of themselves. Your wives for you. Well, you know what, gentlemen, take care of yourselves for your ladies, too. You know, look the best you can be. And with that being said, there's other things I'm working on, too, but that just gives you a little tickle of some stuff coming up. But when I'm home, like we are, this is a time that you should be concentrating on being in the best mental and physical shape you can get yourself into. I've actually lost like 15 pounds training the way I'm training. Um, not flying. I'm, I've always been in shape, but I'm just concentrating on getting in the best physical shape I can. Um, you know, with my, I'm lucky enough to be my home. I've got a nice gym set up here and I can get things done. But mentally wise, you know, take your time, breathe, expand your mind. Try to take this negative time and, and do something positive out of it. So when we do go back to norm, you're in the best, like I say in my podcast, my time podcast, you're the best you can be to be a role model to your sphere of influence and go out and conquer this world. The world's changing. Be prepared for change. There are no more handshakes. I doubt it will ever come back. You know, man hugs and all that. And we're going to be in a, a system of change. So you want to be in the best mental and physical shape you can be to adapt and to be the best you can be when this comes back. That's the best advice I can give you. And then the other thing is, and also appreciate your family and your friends and, and, let your communication grow and let your relationships grow because one thing you'll find, and I found in my 62 years of being on this earth, is that in the end, your family comes first. Hopefully, you have a good family. They're always there for you. And you're lucky if you can find, aside from your mate, one or two friends that would take a bullet for you, 
Well, nourish those relationships because those will be the lifelong relationships to get you through these periods that we're going through now. And outside of that soapbox of activity, I'm concentrating on all the videos. And in BruceBuffer.com, I offer championship audios and videos where I introduce you like you're a champion in the cage, a champion in the UFC. I do weddings, birth of babies. I'm doing messages to COVID-19 victims to get better, congratulating them on getting through this. I make them very inexpensive at BruceBuffer.com, and partial proceeds go to military, animal, and children charities, and now COVID-19 relief charities that I know the money will get there. So that's what I'm working on. Wow. Super inspiring and motivational, man. And that's just crazy. I love it. And I appreciate the words of, you know, the knowledge, the expertise, and the knowledge bombs you've dropped for us today, Bruce. And I just really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for myself and our listeners, all 47,000 people who've downloaded this podcast in 76 different countries. I cannot wait for them to hear this. I appreciate you once again, sir, for joining the show. Thank you. You know what I'll do for you guys during this COVID-19 thing through the end of April? Um, if you go to Bruce Buffer and you order a video or an audio championship introduction, okay, put in the code VOTO, V-O-T-O, okay? You'll receive a 10% discount on the, uh, on the orders. There's a coupon area on the order form. Just put in V-O-T-O, capital V-O-T-O, which means voice of the octagon. Awesome. And you'll, awesome. get, a, you'll get an automatic 10% discount on your order. The, the audios are $99 and the videos are $299. And, it might sound like a lot of money, but trust me, I get paid 10 times that much, but I don't want to charge that. I want to get back to the fans, and when the fans take advantage of it, then I want to get back to those charities I mentioned to you. And look, we all got to do our part. It, always make money, guys. Always make money. Make money where you can, right? But I, my attitude is three foot. It's a three foot theory. If everybody around me is happy, healthy, financially happy, then it'll all come back to me. And I'm a very unselfish individual, and yet I'm the most tenacious entrepreneur you'll ever meet, and I will beat you if you're competing against me. I will do everything I can. But I care about people, and I, and I enjoy seeing people successful and happy. I love it. I love it. We'll make sure to put that in the description as well. Guys, remember, listen to what Bruce just said. To the end of April, VOTO, if you go to BruceBuffer.com, check it out. Get one of those for yourself, for a family member. It's going to be awesome. If you check out his work, it's actually really, really cool that he does those, those – uh, cool like the audios and the videos for those special events so thank you once again bruce we really appreciate it appreciate i appreciate it too and and one last plug and i don't mean to be pluggy but listen you got it like what did i say earlier always ask for the job you got something to talk about if you're giving something out good to people let them know you're alive let them know you're in the room so my instagram is bruce buffer at bruce buffer ufc follow me there and you'll hear when the bourbon's coming out and these other cool announcements i got coming that i cannot talk about just follow me on Instagram, guys. I'll make it as entertaining for you as possible. Oh, where are you located? I'm in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, okay. There's a there's a restaurant chain called Grimaldi's Pizza. I don't know if oh, I'm yeah. there. They're in Meridian, where I actually live. Yes, I've been there multiple times. <laughs> okay. Well, starting today or tomorrow, you can order the Buffer Bundle, right? I'm going to be putting it on my Instagram. It's a special. You get an 18-inch cheese pizza, two beers of your choice, a small salad, and a cannoli. $35. You just got to mention when you call in the buffer bundle and then you get the deal price and then you go pick it up. And that I'm going to be publishing this on Instagram by tomorrow. Hey, okay. So we're going to link your Instagram here in the description. We'll be checking that out as well. Cause they're literally just so you know, Bruce, probably 10 minutes away from my house. So I might be ordering the buffer myself a bundle, pizza. Bro. I, I don't know if it starts <laughs> today, but it'll be definitely on by tomorrow. Take advantage of it, bro. Please. I'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely. I'll let you know. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, You got it, my brother.
Six years and no fears forever. Never stop moving forward. Okay. And treat everybody with respect. That's my message. Thank you so much. Guys, what an honor and a blessing it was to hear from Bruce Buffer on the show. He's the voice of the Octagon in the UFC. Now, if you guys have friends or family who are fans of the UFC, please share this episode with them. And don't forget to leave me a review. I'm almost to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts, so make sure if you have an iPhone, go leave me a review. I appreciate you guys, and I'll talk to you next week.